0: Welcome to the Viewpoints Podcast with your host Henry Grossek.
1: Welcome to Viewpoints listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossek. It's me a great pleasure to welcome for the first time to Viewpoints Adriano De Prato. Now Adriano has spent the last two years as founding partner of a School for Tomorrow, a globally recognized educational network supporting students, teachers, and school leaders to thrive in a new world environment and prior to that Adriano's had a distinguished career in education as a teacher, uh, a leader in schools and also prior to that he started in advertising, we'll ask him about that in a mm. moment, but but all in all one of our, our shining lights uh, in, in school education. Uh, welcome to Viewpoints Adriano Di Prato.
0: Well, thank you very much, Henry, and it's a real privilege to be with you. I'm a huge fan of this particular podcast and uh, I gain great insights into the viewpoints of your guests.
1: Ah, and likewise um, with uh, with Game Changers, I find that a, a very um, interesting and uh – uh, what would be the right word? Moorish type of program. I, I, you keep on listening, and um, you and Dr. Phil Cummins do a great job with that, and uh, Michael accolades there. Now, you started in advertising prior to quickly becoming a teacher. Um, firstly, why did you change? And a quick summary of your teaching <laughs> career. <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. So, um, well, I, I was at university and uh, I was doing a design degree thinking that it would be a four-year undertaking, and then a new dean came into the faculty at Monash University and, and cut it down to three years, and I completed the extra credits over summer. So I thought I still wanted to complete four years, so I went and did a dip ed uh, in that fourth year at, at University of Melbourne, and I did teaching rounds at a, at a, at a school in Melbourne's west, um, CRC North Keelaw. Then I left, obviously, university. I entered into the world of uh, marketing and advertising, Uh, which I very much enjoy from a creative outlet context. But then I think I was about 12 months into that and I got a phone call from the school that I did one of my teaching rounds at during my dip ed. And they asked if I would be prepared to take on a visual arts role from year seven through to 10 uh, in the following year uh, doing a maternity um, uh, replacement. And I actually said yes on the phone. I got off the phone, walked into my boss's office and I said to my boss, look, next year I'm going to go teach. And he thought I was joking, and and uh, and at that time I was 21 years of age, and I was earning. I'm 50 now. I was earning a $160,000 salary, and he said to me, "Do you know how much a teacher earns?" I said, "I wouldn't have a clue." So I hopped online, and I found <laughs> out a graduate teacher back back then in 2000, and, sorry, not 2000, 1993 or 94, was around. $47,000. So I've effectively taken a 75% pay cut. So the blood's drained from me as I've realised <laughs> what I've just done. However, I honour my word. I gave them my word, and I said I would do it. So I turned up on day one uh, the following year and I and I had a year seven through to ten class. I taught visual arts. It was a faith-based school, so I also taught religious education, but predominantly in the visual arts co-ed school, and um, 20 I don't know, seven or eight years later, Henry, I'm still in education, uh, it chose me. And and the shift for me was fundamentally that one industry, although was super creative uh, and allowed for great self-determination uh, and, and um, really serving clients in, in really interesting ways, it didn't necessarily have the substance that education has. And to have an impact on young lives um, understanding that each one of them is home to a unique life, that type of significance is what continues to fuel me.
1: Mm, and and you've moved on from there. But briefly, what would you, when there are so many things that you've achieved in your uh, teaching career, uh, what would be one thing that stands out above all else in terms of uh, pride for Adriano Di Prato? Uh,
0: that's, that's a really, I've never been asked that question. So um, thank you for asking it. Look, first of all, I've got to say is I've been blessed to work across um, uh, many, many different uh, school settings, predominantly in the Catholic and the independent sector, whether they're single-sex boys, girls or co-ed arrangements. So for me, that the privilege of that alone um, is special and unique, and I think being able to serve communities is quite powerful. But probably the most significant thing for me, apart from leading a visual arts department at, 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 in, in a socioeconomic area like Braybrook, Um, you know, one of our poorest areas, uh, to to really help young people express themselves from a cultural context and a social context, which was really profound, was probably when I was uh, the deputy head at Marcelin College in Berlin. I travelled to South Africa uh, during my own long service leave. Uh, I I went to Israel first uh, during Easter, and then post that I went to South Africa for six weeks, and I volunteered Uh, on a number of different kind of um, refugee-type programs. And it struck me that my white privilege in Australia continues to afford me exactly that privilege. And what is it that I could be doing to help other young Australians better understand their role as global citizens? And so what we did was uh, it took about a year to develop uh, an opportunity and a scholarship program to sponsor three old collegians on an annual basis to be able to then be flown over to South Africa to work on this refugee program only for two weeks. It was a children's refugee program in in Johannesburg. Interestingly enough, every year that we sent a cohort of young men who are are now young men, they're adults, um, over to South Africa, every year without fail, one of them decided to extend their two week stay to 12 months. And so, from my perspective, that's been probably the greatest um, bit of legacy. I feel that that they caught fire and they fully understood that we have a responsibility not only to ourselves, but of course, to others. And and if we are in privileged positions, how do we how can we use that privilege not to tell people how to live, but to support them to see their own possibility and their own hope. And uh, for me, that's been um, uh, a wonderful, um, um, I suppose, opportunity. for for young men in Melbourne's East to open their eyes and and broaden their perspectives about the realities of today's world.
1: It takes teaching to the very core of its essence of appeal, and that is uh, helping others, assisting others, supporting others, uh, which is really what teaching's all about. Now, you left teaching, in a sense, to Mm -hmm. set up school for tomorrow. Clearly, you've seen opportunities or gaps or both um in setting that up what was it that motivated you to do that
0: so you know i think it got to a point henry where i needed to take uh, a step back and really reflect upon the next phase of my kind of career whether it's in education or beyond Uh, the principal that I had developed an outstanding working relationship with, he was also leaving at that time. And I just felt that there was a real chance now to to cut that and move on. Also in 2019, my father had passed away and I don't necessarily believe I had properly grieved his passing or the significance of his passing in my life. And I just really needed to take some time for some healing uh, and, and also some taking stock. Initially, uh, I wanted to simply go and lie on a beach in Sicily for four weeks and do absolutely nothing. <laughs> but but um, but first of all, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from um, Dr. Phil Cummins who said, are you interested in starting a podcast? Uh, and I said, providing the podcast is called Game Changers, and providing it is that we are going to have conversations with those brave pioneers who are actually changing the game of schooling and society, those people who are prepared to go to the boundaries, you know, for new knowledge, and and, uh, uh, and push binary thinking, then I'm in. He said, sure, whatever. And so we curated a series within a week with some pretty big heavy hitters from, you know, uh, uh, around the world, from Yong Zhao to Valerie Hannan and, and many others and some local uh, people as well. And we found an audience really, really quickly. Then this thing called COVID hit. And, of course, any ideals of me lying on a beach in Sicily had gone out the window because it's <laughs> Italy happened to be one of those countries that you know at the, at the beginning of the pandemic were dramatic, was dramatically hit by, by it. Um, and so we started getting people write to us, Phil and I, around how are we going to navigate doing schooling in this pandemic. All of a sudden, the game changer hosts became the experts, but we were no experts and we're still no experts. We're, we're just we're just people who are prepared to be open to the possibility of of next practice, and we developed a toolkit about people in practice. It was downloaded twenty thousand times in forty eight hours, and we went well. Why don't we start a business? And born from that moment and that, those experiences was a school for tomorrow. This notion of creating a, a global network that is supporting students teachers and school leaders to thrive in this new world that we find ourselves in
1: mm, fascinating uh, we're going to take a short break adriano can you hold the line and we'll uh, pursue those uh, the, those directions after the break absolutely welcome back to viewpoints listeners i'm henry groseck your host and i'm in a conversation with leading australian educationist adriano de Prato. welcome back adriano Thank you, Henry. Now, School for Tomorrow, we we talked about that uh, just before the break. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the key features of what you're trying to achieve in there and how do you do it?
0: Ultimately, uh, our vision is to try and support young people to thrive in today's world. Uh, We believe in focusing on the aspiration of what we call graduate outcomes. We have six of those. Good people, uh, responsible citizens, continuous learners and unlearners, Future builders, solution architects, and team creators, and everything that we do in our work with our, our member schools and our client schools is designed towards that aspiration. We feel that they're the type of graduate outcomes or skills that young people are going to need to thrive in this this new world that we find ourselves in increasingly. And if we're if there's something that we're definitely certain on at uh, at a school for tomorrow is that uncertainty is is our kind of new normal. And we need to continue to find opportunities for for going beyond best practice to next practice to, to support young people. But how we do that? Well, we work very closely alongside of schools to better understand what it is that they are aspiring to achieve. So we have a product called a thriving survey where we work alongside of these schools and we do a bit of an audit. How are the students thriving in their community? How are the staff thriving in their community? And how is the school community thriving? We gather quite a lot of information from our our thriving survey audits. And with that, we then um, present an executive report that's support to to the executive of the school or the board of the school. And we point out the inherent strengths and really celebrate that and affirm the school on that. But we also point out areas for real opportunity for growth, particularly in areas where they thought they were probably doing really well, but, but perhaps aren't. That's one aspect. Another aspect of of our organisation and business is centred around curriculum design and developing curriculum design that uh, takes the best of explicit instruction around the mastery concept of achievement standards in terms of knowledge and skills, and then taking that to a transfer situation of performance where we utilise things like design thinking, uh, project-based learning, and of course, an entrepreneurial model of learning to really elevate the notion of Self-determined learning in young people and develop their independence so they can thrive in this world that's going to really require them to have creativity skills and collaboration skills and communication skills and so on uh, uh, to to thrive going forward. Mm. They're two two of the areas that um, we focus on. I could go on, but I uh, but I
1: won't. As always, change management is mm. is not not an easy process for some people, and moving to that state and and. We experience this in our school and every school. There's resistance for a variety of reasons. What's what's the approach you take to assisting people getting past that fear of change and its consequences?
0: Yeah, it's a fascinating question. And, and it's no doubt a question that a lot of school leadership teams really wrestle with. Our approach at A School for Tomorrow is the first stage of the design thinking Uh, methodology and that is to step into the space of the empathy stage. Our our first step is always about deeply understanding the context and what it is that people are aspiring to and what it it is that they're fearful of. Is it fear of being irrelevant? Is it fear of technology? Uh, Is is it fear of maybe being found out that they don't necessarily have an aptitude a particular way? So, Ours is really about a deep listening and a deep understanding of that very, very first stage of the design thinking process of empathy. Our next step from that, of course, is we do that in a number of ways through listening. We do that through observation, being on the ground and observing what's happening within a school setting. And we do that by scrutinising the data that the school has, the human data they have collected, whether it's pat testing, whether it's NAP plan testing uh, data, whether it's uh, VCE results, whether it is attendance data whether it's well-being data doesn't matter what it is we look at those three components of listening observation and data to develop our better understanding that's our very first step once we have established a, a really clear understanding we kind of bring back a return brief you know to the principal or the executive team where we want to define some of the learnings that we've come up with and then we try and help them navigate a bit of a roadmap that understands the bandwidth of the people in their community some schools have got a large cohort of staff who are ready to get on the train on the first carriage, and they're quite happy to keep moving. And, of course, there are others who who are not even prepared to get off the train station. And that's where we want to work with the individual school in better understanding what's their context and how can we step you through this less revolution, more evolution.
1: Good point. Now, now with Game Changers, um, I've always found it fascinating personally to chat with these people, and 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 I learned so much. What has been the biggest benefit of your work in the Game Changers space for Adriano De Prato? You
0: know, um, every time a guest confirms that they will be on the show, I get really excited about what that encounter is going to be we are we never present to our guest the list of questions some have requested it but we don't we resist that because we want to keep it conversational and for me what i've really gained from that is the spontaneity that is born in those moments in the encounter with the other person and when you help that other person into this or we give them almost the permission to step into the space of their own vulnerability and it's always fascinating to, for me to see which ones really take that, step into that, go off script, and then you get this rich uh, conversation with an individual who's who's showing you their lived experience, who's showing you every aspect of their practice and their knowledge. Uh, that's what I really love. What I can also add, Henry, is there are four fundamental things that I would feel that myself and Phil even have learnt from over 150 guests now that we've been running since 2020 on game changes. And, that, and these are the four kind of character traits of a game-changing leader, whether it's in education, industry, business, or social enterprise. The first is curiosity. Every single person that we interview is forever curious as future builders always actively searching for new knowledge and methods. And for me, that curiosity is about nurturing self. The second area or character trait is compassion. Every single person we interview thinks about the other, consciously, deeply thinks about the other. They understand that people matter, that place matters, and, of course, they matter as well. The third is the notion of courage. And this is a leadership trait. And what's common amongst them about their courage is they're prepared to go to the boundaries, to look and encounter new knowledge, to implement next practice, and they're, they're unapologetic about it, which I love. And the fourth is a conviction piece. This is the piece where their character trait is about purpose, where not only do they hold the line, but they're living their truth. Uh, And and for me, that's probably been the greatest takeaway, that they're prepared to be vulnerable while living their truth. And I think there's nothing more that we can ask from from any of us, really, as we navigate our own lives.
1: Mm. That's powerful stuff, Adriano. It, it leads me to to a, a question off script. Uh, professionally, then, in in your space, what vulnerability about Adriano De Prato do you share with uh, with the people with whom you engage?
0: What a fascinating question. Well, I feel that as a leader and as an educator, uh, I have evolved quite a lot. And I continue to step into this space of vulnerability on a frequent basis. I actually have a blog called Permission is Triumph. It actually has over 700 posts now. And uh, those posts are my kind of, or they're a manifestation of my lived experiences where I'm not afraid to share my uh, commitment to my faith, where I'm not afraid to share my perspective about the future at work and of course how education needs to evolve uh, and I'm also not afraid to share quite on a regular basis the learnings that I have gained over the period of time. Now it's there for anyone to scrutinise, I'm not here to to be popular or win anyone over, I'm actually more and more comfortable with the fact that I'm wanting to just live my truth and, and I think that that blog and, and the frequency that I write and share my experience is, is is an example of my willingness to actually be open and step into that space of vulnerability on a regular basis
1: mm. um i acknowledge your, your 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 courage in 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 sharing sharing those views with us on that question adriana i've never asked a person that question before too so thank you for giving me the uh, the opportunity to do that time's got away from us adriano um and uh, we could we could do this again and again. I, I have a couple of words by which I I judge um, I judge the contribution to myself of speaking with people and uh, those two words are inspiring and nourishing to what extent uh, am I inspired and nourished by the people with whom I meet and I'd have to say Adriano yes go. Damn highly on both of them. You're really inspiring uh, and the work you do, and the conversation's been incredibly nourishing for me. So, thank you from me for what you've contributed.
0: Well, look, I just really appreciate the opportunity to come and have a, a wee chat with you, mate. I'm a huge admirer of what you continue to do in the public sector. Uh, we continue to need more and more educational leaders who, who have your courage uh, to, to step forward and up and, and lead their communities with great conviction. Uh, with great compassion, uh, you know, with with great curiosity and, of course, with great courage. So thank you,
1: Henry. Thank you, Adriano. And, uh, yeah, likewise to yourself. Um, that was Adriano De Prato, who's uh, been the founding partner of A School for Tomorrow and a very eminent educationist in, in, in education, school education in our country and state for many years now. We'll take a short break. Listeners, don't go away.
0: You've been listening to the Viewpoints Podcast, hosted by Henry Grossick and produced by Rob Kelly. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and rate us via Apple Podcasts.